a comeback then. Talking about making a comeback, welcome back to the most best podcast, Drunk Movie Review. Woo! I am your host, Zach Williams, and once again I have the pleasure in the co-host with the mo-host spot for our I'm going to say annual drunk movie review. Even annual. It's the second one we've done this year. Within the last yeah, few in weeks. the last two months. <laughs> I have everybody's favourite boy, Tommy Reese. Hi. I wish I didn't tell you how much I hated being called Tommy now. Well, so you realise that, that, that this is very quickly. Pretty much what I'm going to call you throughout this entire episode there, Tommy. So. Well, I'm just going to picture myself with a luscious ponytail like Tommy the Green Ranger. Green Ranger, you say? That's yeah. very uh, on Leading. point. Today we are here to talk about what? Go Go Power Rangers. This movie? I would I would go as far as calling it a movie, but we've got a lot to <laughs> to unpack. It's got the part of a movie. I, I as I said to you when you Tom turned up to my house today, I was fifteen minutes from from the end of this film, and I remember saying to you that at this point I still had more questions than answers. <laughs> Yeah, you don't seem as uh, enthusiastic about it as when we watched Justice League. Okay, if we're going from that from the from the top, yeah, uh, I watched Justice League with a big dumb grin on my face. This was it was hard work. Not a fan then. Uh, no, that's the thing. It's not a badly made film. No, but it it let, let's we can't just at the top of the film dive in. Let we've got to break it down in all its uh, all, all its, its glory. So, I think, for today's episode, we'll do it segmentally. With segmentally. Uh, Not entirely sure that's a word. We'll do this in segments. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Because uh, it'll give us time to then drink more beers. So, hopefully, we'll do it in, like, three parts this episode. And we should actually get substantially more drunk by each part. Uh, so, let's... Disclaimer, we're pretty much on the way. Uh, yeah, I... A couple of beers deep. I don't know if this episode will come out before it or after it, but I recorded uh, the episode with Charlie Hunt today, and we started drinking when he came over at like three, and it is now nine. So, oh, so you know, getting there. Oh yeah, it's, well, you're, you're a lot more sober than I thought thought you'd be for drink. I'm a going tough on guy. Six hours. I, I haven't drunk much. Yeah, tough but guy or an alcoholic. Two sides they they the tend coin. to go hand in hand. <laughs> Most men who have punched me have been very alcoholic, or at least will be. Uh, <laughs> Right, so we are not talking anymore. We, me and Tommy have had a massive falling out. It's just because you got me to watch this fucking movie. Uh, no, we're not here to talk about the classic, the mighty morphing Power Rangers movie, the fucking Ivan Ooze spectacular. That that film was like one of the high points of my childhood. Yeah, I, I've got good memories of going to see that in the old Odeon on the King's Way, uh, you know, where Jumping Jacks used to be. Um, yes, because there was a Tesco's underneath, because I remember my parents buying me a Xenomorph toy from that Tesco's when I was a kid, which was like my favourite toy for years. Oh, my favourite memory of that cinema. I can't remember what we were going go <laughs> to go Sorry, just to interrupt, I was going to pull up the facts for Mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers, and while telling that story, I typed in Mighty Tesco. <laughs> so, <laughs> this episode is going to be shambolic. I do that in work all the time. <laughs> So you were saying? Uh, my favourite memory going in uh, that old Odeon on the Kingsway was going in. I can't remember what we were going to see with my family. And woman working behind the counter uh, knew my dad, as in my dad had previously arrested her. Nice. So she went out of her way to make sure that we were happy. So she, she disappeared for about 10 minutes and she came back with this huge stack of proper cinema-sized movie posters. And for a, 
must have been about eight years old, eight, nine years old at that time. I was the happiest kid in the world. You know what I had on my wall for a good two years? Cinema-sized posters of Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin. Oh, nice. So there was, I was going to ask, what were the posters you got? Uh, I remember there, there was one Remains that was the, the heroes of Batman and Robin and one of the villains of Batman and Robin. And I cannot tell you what the other ones were. I just remember loving those before I ever saw that movie. And then that, well, well you, that discussion is probably for another podcast. Uh, no, yes. <laughs> um, so you were a young guy. You have these free movie posters. So it's like you learn um, through an act of human kindness towards you that people can change and be nice. And then you put these posters up and just the fucking sheer power of the nips that are on display awakens your oh. burgeoning sexuality. No, I and tell that's you why what, you're such I'll... a nerd. You got your first boner over fucking what's his name? Chris uh Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. No. Dude, Uma Thurman is poison ivy on my wall. My lord. Oh lord. Didn't need no blue tack to stick that poster to the wall. No, that was when I I'm first sorry started. about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed that my sexual awakening was to a terrible Joel Schumacher movie. <laughs> It happens, man, it happens. But Uma Thurman did look fantastic. My sexual awakening was to Michael Schumacher. <laughs> and that's why I'm such a fast and effective lover. <laughs> oh, you'd be happy to know as well, I... Can't let you anywhere near a car. Oh, God. Rev my engine. Uh, I was unable to write a full list of Power Rangers jokes. Ah, oh, I did attempt what to... What a shame. Uh, I've got two that I can try and remember, but I gave up on the idea because it turns out I don't know that much or remember that much rather about Power Rangers. So I've got joke the first. Uh, what do the Power Rangers say after they get a particularly bad ass kicking? It's morphine time. No, Tom, you you just you are ruining my self esteem. Okay, if you hate that, you will love this one. This is genuinely a great joke. What is the Power Rangers' favorite celebrity chef? Zordon Ramsey. <laughs> See, you I don't like your self-satisfied face with these jokes. They need to be put down. Tom, with this face, you'd be self-satisfied too. Need to be taken around the shed and seem to like old Yala. <laughs> what my face? <laughs> no, your jokes. Oh right. That's, well, at least that's... the terrible puns that you're going for. Tom, no we... place for puns. We're getting off track. So, um, before we get into the 2017 gritty reboot of the childhood classic Power Rangers. Let's look at the facts of the first, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, 1995 that came out. So, uh, it's got 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, 40% on Metacritic. Is this the the movie, the original the Mighty, Mighty Morphin, Morphin Power Rangers? The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So, I want to play... Higher or lower Ooh. with the 2017. So we're going to start with the IMDb score. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers has 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Do you think the 2017 uh, Power Rangers is higher or lower? And would you like to guess the number? Uh, 5 point... Did you just say... Sorry, did you say 5.10? 5.1 5. 5. out of 10. Oh, 5.1 out of 10. It, it got 5.10. <laughs> AKA 6. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say slightly higher, and I'm going to say around 5.5, 5.6. Correct uh, in it being higher, but it got a solid 6 out of 10. Okay. Okay, so you're, you, you've got one point. You should be at least a little proud of yourself. Never proud of myself. Don't get too ahead of yourself, because like most things you try in life, you're going to crash and burn. <laughs> 
That's how I love to do it. <laughs> Just go head first. <laughs> the Tommy worry Rich about style. the consequences later. So, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 40% for 1995's Mighty Morphing Power Rangers, colon, the movie. That's appalling it's that low, by the way. Oh, drop the iPad. Gemma, don't listen to that part. <laughs> uh, so, 40%, higher or lower for the 2017 Power Rangers reboot? I'm going to say higher again. And the number? 53%. Correct in it being higher. Ooh. Incorrect in the number, it is 46%. So, it's only slightly better. Okay. And this is where I should have really paid attention. So, <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers colon the movie has 40% on Metacritic. What does Power Rangers 2017 have on Roger Ebert? 3.5. I- I'm going to say he was a surprising fan of this movie. 2.5. So yeah. you were close again. You're- so would you agree with the overall assessment that this, if anything, the Power Rangers movie is slightly better than the 1995 effort which was done on the budget of the show i would say at least the 1995 one tried to have a little fun <laughs> yeah you know you just gotta look at news, but yeah I, I, i'd say that's about fair you can't really judge these movies on anything credible no, no credible is not the but right it, word you entirely know highly credible for those who are you know, it is basically designed around more so than anything you know comic book related power rangers is specifically designed to make toys so we can't really take it as a, it's a very know, a good sacred point. you know it is plastered around it that it's saban's power rangers so you know the toy company is there front and center never making you forget that yeah this is here to sell toys i rewatched the first episode of pokemon recently and you know there's not actually any story in that episode it is literally just someone standing there going buy pokemon your parents money is ours now give it to us now in exchange for pokemon ash has all the pokemon his life is good you'll want your life to be good so collect all the pokemon your parents money now pokemon yeah i think i understand why my parents despised pokemon when i was in year six in primary school (laughs) you fucking bankrupted them oh yeah so let's do a recap of the the basic premise of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers before anything. So we're we still talking about the original. Yeah, I want to just cover the original yeah. first. Just a, a nice trip down memory lane. Ooh, Had the original cast, obviously uh, Jason David Frank as Tommy Oliver. Of course, who can forget that? Jason David Frank, the man with three first names. <laughs> Amy Jo Johnson as Kimberly Hart, possibly my first crush as a child. I was wildly in love with the Pink Ranger when I was oh, a little yeah. boy. David Yost as Billy Cranston. Johnny Young Bosch as Adam Park. Steve Cardenas. I, I need to get my eyes tested and stop drinking as Rocky say, DeSantos. I don't know if I don't know who all these people are. No, they all none of them sound familiar. It, it, it says here Jason Navi as Balkan Skull, but I remember Balkan Skull being two people. Yeah. <laughs> so after construct after a con <laughs> You're open there, buddy. I am Having a great time. After a construction crew accidentally cracks open a gigantic egg that is imprisoned evil maniac Ivan Ooze, Paul Freeman, for centuries. That's the character's full name, by the way. Ivan Ooze, Paul Freeman. Uh, the mighty Morphin Power Rangers prepare to face their most formidable foe yet. The vengeful Ooze kills their elderly mentor, Zordon, Nicholas Bell. Bell. Yeah, didn't he turn out to just be a tiny body with a giant head or something, if that's what I remember? I think that might just be Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Timmy is the Easter the- Island statue of people he's a friend of ours that's a good if the easter island uh statue was 
alcoholic. Yeah. I think that sums Timmy up perfectly. Yeah. The vengeful ooze kills their elderly mentor, Zordon, and with him, the sources of the Power Rangers' power. Stunned with Zordon's death, the Rangers struggle to contain ooze without the help of Zords, the giant mechanical robots that they have grown to depend upon in battle. I remember that movie having the most 90s introduction, because you remember they're all jumping out of planes for charity, but they've all got snowboards for some reason, just to make it that a little bit more extreme. If there's anything more extreme than jumping out of a plane, it's jumping out of a plane on a snowboard where there is no snow. Yes, and it serves no purpose whatsoever. So, or does it? talking about serving no purpose whatsoever, let's jump in uh, to what we're here to talk about. The 2017 gritty reboot of the childhood classic Power Rangers. What are we going to get? You know, as you said, Power Rangers came out you know, 93, 95. So we're at that stage of rebooting and remaking things from that period of time now. So what are we going to get having the gritty reboot treatment? Countuckular. I'm all on board for that. Gritty. Countuckular. 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 That's a lot. I'm sure that was a bit 80s, but I'm all on board for a bit more Countuckular. Any, anything. Just, just more anything. Maybe like um, a dark, gritty Captain Planet. Ooh, oh, that, that, have, you, have you seen that YouTube video with Don Cheadle? When he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the Power Rangers movie, 2017, directed by Dean Israelite. Um, Israelite? That is his surname, Dean Israelite. Okay. Uh, let's see what else old Deany boy's been up to in the world of cinematography. Wow, he looks like a bad drawing of himself. <laughs> It's never a good description. Uh, he has directed Power Rangers and Project Almanac. Oh, that was uh, that movie that came out a couple of years ago. It looked a, yeah, it looked a little bit like Chronicle, but it was all about traveling through time. It looked shit. Cool. I, I yeah, will that, take your recommendation. <laughs> uh, you know, it was in that sort of Chronicle handheld style. And, you know, saying it looked shit. I haven't seen it, so I can't really give it fair opinion on it but it was you know, sort of handheld kids work out time travel like they do that that's you know we've got friends with kids now and it's always like oh where's little billy oh the 1900s it's one of those films i think i remember me and you watch chronicle before and a lot of films since then and power rangers included have this i'm gonna get into this probably a few times because it really fucking annoyed me okay. all the way through the film just the color palette of the whole movie is just so dull and everything has like sort of a blue kind of sheen yeah Do you know what i mean um, it's just it's... All, all the colors are so muted and it just looks like a dc film you know, yeah exactly you know before we started recording we were watching some clips of power rangers the tv show you know, everything is bright and colorful all of these rangers are supposed to be different colors and when you watch the original one you know it is bright it is thing but when you watch it in the film they are just dull they just sort of blend in to everything yeah. nothing pops out did you yeah it's it's not some not everything needs a dark gritty reboot i know you I, know they, they did have some laughs in this film and i don't i you know i this film wasn't terrible i feel like i'm jumping on its throat just for the sake of the podcast it's not a great film don't get me wrong but I really watched this with a critical eye, looking for things to <laughs> yeah. complain about. 
I know what I mean. I, you know, I can't wait for the dark and gritty reboot of Open All Hours. You know, that, that, <laughs> that's what the world has been waiting for. You know, where Dell Boy's packing a shotgun behind the counter in case someone tries to fuck his store up. The film is based three years after a violent break-in that's left Rodney <laughs> in a wheelchair. <laughs> Not Rodney, fucking whatever his face is. I can't remember. I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, it's I had such a lovely recording with Charlie earlier, and then I watched this, and all of my joy has just been <laughs> dissipated. My soul is the exact colour palette of this movie. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's sad. It's So, ah, oh, Tom. Tommy, Tommy Reese. <laughs> so, this film stars uh, Becky G as Trini Kwan, Dakri Montgomery as... Fantastic pronunciation. I'm sure that was spot on. Okay, how would you pronounce... M-O-N-T-G-U-N-O. No, uh, it's D-A-C-R-E. Dakery Montgomery? That's exactly what I said. Oh, is it? Bastard. <laughs> utter, utter bastard. Uh, Naomi Scott as Kimberly Hart. I have to say, she isn't anywhere near as hot as the original yeah. Kimberly. But then again, the, we are looking at that through the nostalgic filter of our prepubescent. And I said that I've watched a lot of Big Mouth recently. So yeah. <laughs> um, the unfortunate Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa. I'm gonna say I liked Elizabeth Banks. She we'll was, get she into was it. in we'll, a completely different movie, but we'll, we'll get into amazing. it. Uh, R.J. Kyler as Billy Cranston, who I fucking loved in this film. He was very good. Uh, Brian Cranston as Zordon, and Bill Hader as Alpha Five. Yeah. The, Last two probably made the easiest couple of million that they've ever had to <laughs> make for a big budget movie. <laughs> uh, so, let's look a little bit more at this film. So, five ordinary teens must become something extraordinary when they learn that their small town of Angel Grove and the world is on the verge of being obliterated by an alien threat. Chosen by destiny, our heroes quickly discover that they are the only ones who can save the planet. But to do so, they will have to overcome their real-life issues, and before it's too late... Band together as the Power Rangers. That sounds way more depressing than Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is like a giant egg cracks and the <laughs> maniac Ivan Ooze comes out to. No, it's just like, oh, I. Rita Repulsa with her parties. Not the noise that they made, something I like that. I have no idea. I think that. Some that's a terrifying noise. Yeah, they were. It was just, just shit weird. Something like a messed pigeon. Dude in a morph suit, essentially. Yeah, that's what this film is missing. Morph suits. Entirely. Not a single morph suit to be seen. (laughs) So this film, let's play budget and box office. It has a budget of 1.5 million US dollars. A a budget of 1.5 million. 105 million (laughs) US dollars. What is the box office? Higher or lower? Uh, Higher. Do you want to hazard a guess as to the price? The price? That's not profit. Tom. Yeah, I think it it did surprisingly well. So I'm gonna say around mid four fifty to five hundred million. So in this day and age, something that would be considered a hit, but not a, a huge hit. Okay, one hundred forty-two point three million US dollars. It only really theoretically just covered its budget. Ah, uh, no, was that is that's probably domestic so that's probably just that's in just america. what it says that's just what it says on google yeah no it definitely made more than that because i'm sure that's how much it made Tom, just I in america don't, i don't believe you more than google to okay be honest. well hold on i'll tell you what let's have a look on my one while tommy's doing that let me have a, a little a little further look into this film for y'all 
So I'm going to prove myself right. Tom's going to prove himself dull by getting himself wrong on yet another podcast. <laughs> Before we get into the film, should we look at some of the top stories oh, surrounding... God damn it, I think you were right. Fuck. Of course I'm right, I'm infallible. I genuinely thought it had more than that. Uh, so, before getting into the film, let's look at the top news stories still surrounding this citizen cane of people in brightly coloured costumes hitting each other. On Digital Spy, on 8th of August 2018, Power Rangers movie reboot is getting a sequel. Mm. So, it only did, as I say, slightly over its budget. It was in profit, but not massively, but enough to warrant a second Power Rangers movie. I think it's... It's a prime example of what you've got in Hollywood, at, or what what you seem to get in Hollywood over the last couple of years, when you see what Marvel Studios have done in 10 years. You know, made a consistent money-shitting machine yeah. of enjoyable movies. And everybody's <laughs> trying to emulate that, like you had... Universal with that god-awful mummy film, which I haven't seen, and I think that would be a fun review it tried to kick off its own cinematic universe yeah i don't think you should sit there saying it's god awful if you haven't seen it let's watch it and then say that it's god awful and it's it's this prime example of where you've got studios are just looking at a property so it's oh power rangers that's got a built-in story apparently what i read earlier on is they had planned for six movies wow beginning with this one and all I kind of want with any new movies now is just a movie. I don't want a setup for five other movies. The, the and cinematic a universe. You know what? What works well for Marvel works well because it's based on fucking comic books. You know, just try making some original movies. You know, like I'm going to be first in line to see everything, but just try and do something good. That's why it breaks my heart. I really want to see. Uh, have, have you seen the trailers for that new Drew Goddard movie, Bad, Bad Times of the El Royale? That movie looks fantastic. It looks it's really got good. a stack cast, and it looks amazing. I want, I, you know, as much as I'm going to be first in line to see Captain Marvel and Infinity War and Harry Potter, I want more shit like Bad Times of the El Royale. You know, just give me some original, an original IP. Yes. Please. Well, and one that doesn't, as you say, need to then be spun off into its own universe. And yeah, like I saw. Oh, I oh. went to go see Halloween in uh, it, on Friday in the cinema, and that was good enough. Don't get me wrong; I really enjoyed it. It's not a spectacular watch, but I definitely recommend people going to watch it. But what I did see uh, there was the trailer for Glass. I, I really, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that because it, it looks cack. I've only recently, I only recently watched Split. A few weeks ago, and I absolutely loved that movie. Split was really, I, really good. So, you know, James McAvoy gave a masterclass in acting in that movie. Because uh, we watched it because Stell has the, you know, I'm Split personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's got a major love affair with James McAvoy. Understandable. To the point, to the point where I'm really worried because he's in Cardiff filming. He's living in Cardiff at the minute. Oh really? Uh, filming his dark uh, his dark materials, you know, uh, uh, Northern Lights, the Philip Pullman books. Yeah, uh, the BBC are doing an adaptation. They're filming it in Cardiff, so I'm genuinely concerned she's going to hunt him and Lin Manuel Miranda down because he's there as well. Oh really? Sorry, I, yeah, it's all going down in Cardiff. Though. Yeah, if if you go on um, 
uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's Twitter, it's just him being in love with whales. Like, he keeps showing up at karaoke nights in Cardiff. Uh, it's brilliant. I can't remember what the original point was. James McAvoy, yeah, it's Split, sorry. Yeah. Um, um, I've only recently watched Split, and I absolutely loved it. But I don't know what to make of Glass, especially because I've always said how much I loved Unbreakable. So after Mina Stell watched Split, she'd never seen Unbreakable. So I thought, oh, I haven't seen it in years. Let's stick it on. And I watched it for the first time in a very long time. And have you seen that film recently? So I, uh, under the same auspices, watched it after watching Split recently as well. And as a kid, I loved it. But I know I, from the look on your face, I know what you're going to say. And uh, what it comes down to, I was, have you read Super Gods by Grant Morrison? No, I haven't. Uh, an incredible book, like the absolute epitome of like history of comic books through a master of the fucking yeah. genre. No, you've told me to read it for a good long time, and I do love me some Grant Morrison, so I will get around to it at some point. Um, but like he gets onto Unbreakable in it at one point because he's talking about uh, comic book movies, I believe, and he say he says in it like that it was originally going to be part of a trilogy. It was going to be Unbreakable, Breakable, and Broken. And that's why Unbreakable has such an unsatisfying ending. I completely forgot about that ending because we were watching it. It just hits out of nowhere. All of a sudden it's like, oh, what? The the film's done. Yeah, it feels like it's the end of the second act of a movie. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Because I remember turning around, uh, Stel just looked at me and just went, is that the end? And I was like, yeah, it is, isn't it? And I... So I and that's why because it is a good enough film, but that that's what sucks about it. It's all of a sudden it's like oh, there's credits now apparently. <laughs> but you know, M Night Shyamalan has shat the bed way too many times. So, but he's also been on a return to form. Like, did he watch the visit? His hand no, held... I've heard that is good. Is that the one with the kids that got to stay with their grandparents? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's genuinely quite a good film. And then he did Split, which was amazing. Split was incredible, and I would put. A lot of that down to James McAvoy. Oh, entirely. That man is just, he's a beautiful human being. And do you know what he wasn't in? He wasn't in Power Rangers. Yes, I forgot what we were talking about. Tom, we are half... a little bit round up with some little news there. Well, we're half hour into the podcast and we haven't started talking about the film. So this is going to be a long (laughs) one, folks. Uh, And I've just opened another beer, so... Uh Uh-oh. I'd say, would you like to take this opportunity to take one of two breaks in the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So... I don't know if people have noticed, but I've started doing songs in uh, in the Most Best Podcast, so I, I'll, I think we'll just put a nice little musical break for the ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we'll be right back after these beers. Interlude. Welcome back to the most best podcast drunk movie review of 2017 Saban's Power Rangers. Over to you, Tommy Reese. Okay, so starting at the beginning. Yeah, I, I understand that we, you know we're half hour into this podcast and we haven't actually got into the film. But ladies and gentlemen, much like we did with Justice League, uh, we have notes, uh, and I'm going to say that my first point that I made in this uh, watching this movie was I wish I was watching Daredevil. Because I made the <laughs> I made the mistake of starting Daredevil season three this morning. I watched about five episodes. 
this is why my girlfriend is never worried when she goes away. Because this, yeah, yeah. this is just what I'm going to do. So my first, I, as I said, I made the mistake of watching that and then having to stop to watch this movie. So my first point was, I wish I was watching Daredevil right now. Uh, so my first point <laughs> is at least relevant to the film. <laughs> Uh, Daredevil's really good. So, and we're also because I'm glad that what you said is what you said because we haven't put a spoiler warning on this episode. But obviously, there are going to be. But there's not much to spoil. But at, the, like, but at the end of the day, who gives a shit about spoilers for a Power Rangers movie? Like if, like if you're complaining about how it's not accurate to the source material, you need to go away. I'm going to take the stigma out of the biggest spoiler of the film straight away at the top of the episode. And if you're worried. Does the big bad guy of the episode take a bite out of a Krispy Kreme donut and just be like, fuck mm, me. Damn, that's right, delicious. Okay, yeah, okay right, yeah. <laughs> I, I have made a point of every time Krispy Kreme is mentioned I'm so glad in this you did. goddamn fucking movie. So like, it, might, Kreme- it shouldn't have been called Saban's Power Rangers. It should have been called Krispy Kreme's Delicious Morphin Donut Presents Power Rangers Stuffed with Jam. <laughs> I don't know. Like... like I get product placement in a movie. You know, it's got a place. You know, if it's a can in the background, that kind of thing, it's cool. Or if you work it in well enough, and I'm thinking Back to the Future, you know, that is, you know, if you think Back to the Future 2, especially. Yeah. You know, or like, like how Wayne's Half of that goddamn fucking movie is powering. Wayne's Power World. Rangers? <laughs> half of Back to the Future 2 is powering. But it just, it works so well. You know, I wanted a fucking. Pizza Hut box that you put a <laughs> tiny pizza in and you get a giant pizza back out. Sorry, I just really want a pizza there. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> good point. Just to jump to uh, a scene ahead, and we'll talk about that scene in more detail, but like, uh, you'll know what I mean. Uh, a scene where it's, you know, really the Power Rangers have only just met the big bad guy and they're all trapped. And she's about to find out a big piece of information. And the big piece of information that she is about to find out is Krispy Kreme. Fuck me. It's honestly, it's like, it was supposed to be like the big tense crescendo of that part of the film. And the fact that it was just like, it's a Krispy Kreme. It's insane. How much money did Krispy Kreme put into this film? It's crazy. What I want to know is what that looked like in the script. Because what went through the actors they didn't head? have product placement in mind in the script, so they must have just had it. Uh, just, just put a fucking blank in there for the time being. We'll just just you know, sponsor. It could have been, you know, like oh, it's a the Durex shop. No, um, there's a Durex shop. I, I don't fucking know. So but. the film opens in the, and I hope I pronounce it right because I did just drink like you know those like 660 milliliter beers you can get in Tesco's that are like three for a fiver. I essentially just necked one of those in the break. So, it starts in the Cenozoic era. Does that sound correct? Uh, yeah. I wasn't even going to touch that one. Close so. or close enough. But basically, it turns out way before humanity ever existed, in the age of the dinosaurs, uh, there was a Power Rangers fight on Earth. Brian Cranston uh, as Zordon, as like this little blue dude who gets killed by Rita Repulsa, who they set up at that point as a Power Ranger, which... At that point, I was just kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're three minutes in, Rita Repulsor is a Power Ranger. But it's just more, if you, you know, you've got to look at a film like this. If you're looking at somebody that's never heard of Power Rangers before, just what the fuck is going on? What it's, is happening? It's a lot Who to take. This is what I mean. I've got in um, 
my notes here. Brian Cranston looks really strange. I couldn't blue. tell if it was. Starts Brian off Cranston. as saving so essentially, Power Rangers. Essentially, it turns out that the power of the Power Rangers is on Earth because during the Cenozoic era, the Power Rangers, who at that time involved uh, Brian Cranston as Zordon as the Red Ranger, the leader of the Rangers, and Elizabeth Banks. God bless her soul as Rita Repulsa. I think we're going to disagree on this point. I thought she was fine. She may have been in a different movie completely. She was in a different stratosphere. In this movie, I thought she was awesome. She, like, she'd be, like, British at one point, then hissing, then, like, a southern belle. All in, like, one word. (laughs) It was incredible. As I said, just belonged in a completely different movie, but... Loved it. So it was the, the only thing in this movie that seemed like it was genuinely trying to have a bit of fun. You know what I mean? Everything else was trying to keep it very serious. And she was just, no, it's called Power Rangers. I'm gonna, ca- yeah. I'm gonna chew this She definitely outcamped the original uh, Rita Repulsa actress. Who was... That says a lot. That was a lot to do. She was uh, chewing the scenery. Um, so basically, yeah, it sets up within like the first um, couple of minutes uh, that the Power Rangers have failed. Rita Repulsor has turned their back on them and killed them all. Uh, she kills Zordon, and they talk about the crystal, which obviously will get set up later in the film. But again, uh, it's a lot of exposition. A lot of up. exposition, and it's bleak, and Zordon dies, and it cuts to a black screen, and in the bottom left corner it says Power Rangers, and it's complete silence. Compare that to the intro sequence of... The Mighty Morphing Power Rangers TV series, which had by far the most bitching guitar solo ever written by anyone. Oh yeah, it was me. And as I was saying earlier on, compare it to the opening of the '95 Power Rangers movie, surfboard and uh, no uh, snowboarding parachutes in the most '90s fashion you can ever possibly fucking imagine. Because what what could be more badass than jumping out of a plane? I know. Snowboards. Snowboards. Snowboards, motherfucker. Uh, So, yeah, you get that bleak intro, and it starts off with Jason wanking off a cow. Oh, I've literally got to hear the dude wanked off a bull with two hands. Genuinely goes from a, what tries to be a gritty sci-fi battle to two high school kids sneaking a cow into a locker room. What, a bull? Yeah, a bull, and one of them admitting to wanking off a cow. Who is this movie directed at at this point? Directed at? Yeah. Do you reckon people make movies at people? Well, d- yeah, if it's called Power Rangers, it's directed at 10-year-olds and we're sitting here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too drunk. <laughs> Late 20s, early 30s, bitter nerds. <laughs> screaming in the middle of the night about how much... But it does cut to... A lot of talk about wanking off a cow. Honestly, and they don't even strange. they don't even try to hint towards it. They straight up pretty much say they like, show a picture of a cow. They they have a close up shot of a cow's cock, <laughs> <laughs> and the the to fact- make sure that they weren't udders. It was really weird. Like the f- it went on for a while. The hand job scene, like at least forty five minutes of this movie, is this teenage boy wanking off a bull with two hands. Well, he even said, "Yeah, exactly." He made the point of saying that he had to use two hands. Yep. Think that. Come it's, on now. It, it's a bit much. Um, and call me old fashioned, but Bulk and Scully never used to wank anybody off. 
I'll get I into that. Now. It's Balkan Skull. You're you're getting it confused with X Files. <laughs> that would be the best show. Yes, Balkan yes, Scully. <laughs> but would it be Scully in Power Rangers or Bulk in the X Files? What would make a more compelling dynamic? Um, I think Bulk in the X Files. I reckon it, make it a bit more. It's wacky. a crossover where like they wake up and Bulk has gone to. Uh, I, I I can't honestly, Tom. I think. If we do one more drinks break, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> okay. We um we've spent ten minutes on the first three minutes of this movie. Yeah, because they're talking about cowcock. There's a lot of cowcock. So basically, <laughs> uh, Jason, who, as we all know, will be the Red Ranger, him and his mate wank off a cow and try to leave it in the locker room in school, and the Again, police turn up. What what I gather is they stolen it from the opposite school. I, or I don't know if the, school. I don't think that was ever explicitly said, but I think you were just free to assume that they've that stolen a cow, wanked it off, and then <laughs> and then it turns to the most over the top car chase for cattle rustling insane that I've ever seen. They they've stolen a cow, and then it cuts to this crazy car chase with five police officers. Him and the most what's the opposite of inconspicuous conspicuous (laughs) (laughs) oh wow in the the most conspicuous truck that ends in this (laughs) you need to take this point over i can't finish it it just Uh, so he doesn't like he is just bombing it round in this old beaten up pickup truck and they really take cow theft seriously in this town. Oh, yeah. Uh, of Angel's Grove. Uh, but, like, he crashes the car. Quite spectacularly, the crash goes on for about 30 seconds of him yeah, just sliding. Was, th- th- that took me by surprise, though, how... There was a while he was just yeah, sliding like, towards the end. And I know that's obviously yeah. more realistic, but I was still... Yeah, it was, like, that, that, it, it was very realistic and quite... This is going to fuck you up, kids. Disheartening. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you, you find out that our boy, Jason... Uh, who we all know will be the Red Ranger, uh, is the star quarterback of this little town. Everyone loves him, and this means he loses. Like, his dad's got that scene, he's like, I had scouts coming down to next week's game. So much back character packed in. I don't know how many times they had to hammer home that He's an all-star quarterback. Yeah, like so he's saying Vietnam flashbacks about like, hearing commentary. I don't know how he'd hear it if he was on the pitch playing, but people would uh, be saying something completely different. And he's like, "Whenever I walk around, the whole town just looks at me." Ugh. And it's like, "Well, so hard." Uh, but yeah, his knees all fucked up. His life's all fucked up. Don't um, steal a cow. And it turns out, instead of being able to go to practice, don't wank off a cow. It turns out instead of being able to go to practice, it's the this, film, this, the, this is the name of the cow. episode. Don't wank off a cow. Uh, he has to go to Breakfast Club instead. Yeah, the most depressed. It's it's, it's Breakfast Club. Yeah, it's, it, breakfast. it's really depressing. Two thousands Breakfast Club with a bully that looks like Ed Sheeran. I have written down right yeah, here. So I bully Ed, Ed Sheeran. I said, does Ed Sheeran play both Bulk and Skull? <laughs> Yeah, but isn't it the most depressing breakfast club you've ever seen? Uh, Everybody loves the breakfast club. Smoke them up, Johnny. It's not good. Um, So this is where you get introduced to the second Power Ranger, Kimberly. Uh, She is a disgraced cheerleader, I'm led to believe. 
I I couldn't work she, it out. She has that scene in the toilets on. where two other cheerleaders are like, "We're cutting you out, literally," it, and cut a picture of her. Yeah, it seemed like a parody of Mean Girls. It did, but I, it just seemed so out. Of, it seemed like it was a parody of Mean Girls, but they weren't realizing they were parodying a parody. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it was very metatextual. Maybe we're getting this film wrong, and it was actually a yeah. And uh, and then you know, I'm gonna show these people. I'm gonna cut three inches off my hair. Oh my god! No, I have this written down. This really annoys me. Um, and I know it's from. Uh, it happens in it. And it happens in the novel, but it's more of like a what, Power Rangers the novel. Power Rangers the novel by Stephen King. No, in <laughs> it, uh, obviously when Beverly cuts her hair off. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've it. seen it. I've never read it. I, I got uh, probably going to hate me, but you know me, I'm a big reader. The only books I have never been able to get through are all Stephen King books. Yeah, this is I, where we disagree. I, yeah. Uh, but I, I got that. halfway through the third Dark Tower book. Gave up. It's because you're reading the wrong Stephen yeah, King. I, I got about 150 pages into it, and I was just, I, I just, I couldn't get into it. Be- like, I love Stephen King adaptations but i can't read Stephen King. i've had the stand oh, on my God. shelf for about five years and i'm too afraid to read it just in case i hate it well that sounds like a tommy problem uh the point i was going fuck to make you. what <laughs> fuck you <laughs> the point i was gonna make is i hate that in movies uh where or on tv like this uh girl or woman is in a downward position she's not happy everything's going wrong and she's like i know what i'll do uh, Elliot, Elliot does it in Scrubs. She, <laughs> in like one season, she comes in and she has all her hair chopped off. She's had a fresh face of makeup and she's on top of the world. Can you imagine if somebody did that in real life? You wouldn't go like, <laughs> nice haircut. You'd just say like, oh, new haircut. Well, Tom, uh, you, I don't. Un- it seems- Tom, you know my partner Gemma very, very well, and I remember coming home one day and she was like, she was upstairs. Uh, and I'd come over work and she was like, don't come upstairs. And I was like, why? And she's like, I've done something. And that was the first day that she'd shaved all her hair off. And she had relatively like long hair at the time. Remember coming upstairs being like, oh, oh wow, you're bald now. <laughs> was it because you looked at her and just saw me? Uh, it's because I looked at her and saw us. <laughs> uh, one time, because I shaved my head for a very long time and Tom is naturally bald. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> No receding hairlines here whatsoever. <laughs> um, so we were waiting for Barry, another bald friend of ours. And for some reason, in the front of your car, we were discussing uh, what hand Nazis did their Nazi salute with. And we must have realized, like, people walking I have past. I no memory of this. I genuinely don't remember this. Yeah. Oh, this was years ago. It's just because of how funny it was. We both sat there like, yeah, we should probably stop doing this. <laughs> Anyway, Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, Kimberly, um, she's tweeted someone a picture of someone else's Slut-shaming. Slut-shaming, uh, and she's no longer welcome in cheerleaders. But, like, the cheerleader cuts the picture of her and goes, don't come to practice, and pins the picture of her yeah, to the wall with the scissors. Really savage. Like, she, that, that was, was like dark. some Crocodile Dundee level shit. Yeah, that was- I, that, that, I thought that was uh, that was pretty violent. Yeah, yeah that 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 was a bit uh, Jason Voorhees for my liking. And then we get uh, also in the Breakfast Club the first indication that maybe 
you know, if it isn't hammered home enough that maybe one of them's autistic? I No, it's not even that. Like, I genuinely love the character of Billy in this film. And, like, it's not like the, you know, in some films, say The Flash, like we discussed last time, it's never outwardly said that The Flash is autistic, but uh, whoever, was it, um, what's the actor's name who plays The Flash? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Like, you can tell there's uh, at least traits of it. But there's a scene in this film where Billy's character uh, says to Jason, oh, I'm on the spectrum. And he makes it like a dumb joke. And he's like, no. And he's like, no, I understand. You know, you're you're on the autistic spectrum. And then leaves him in a mine. <laughs> like, they've broken into a quarry. Yeah. And like, literally, he goes, oh, I'm on the autistic spectrum. And Jason goes, peace. <laughs> and like, just goes and drives off in his mum's van. Yeah, it- they seem really lack. Nobody seemed to give a shit about that van after it was destroyed. And it, yeah, and for some reason it was because. <laughs> right, so jumping ahead, we can afford to skip some stuff. Um, this is quite far, so we'll go back to it. But yeah. um, a the scene when all of the would be Power Rangers have just found their metal shiny coins, and they're driving away, and Billy's driving. They're all in, and the train's coming. <gasps> I mean, why did they need to race it? Couldn't they have just slowed down and waited for it to pass? Because he had knocked through. the crane down, so the security cars couldn't get past that. So they were pretty much free yeah, and clear. They, they were in the clear. Could have waited two minutes. But what I was for a fucking train to go past? What I was going to say, getting back to the van, the train hits them. They have a massive crash, but they all wake up perfectly fine. So fine indeed that they have superpowers. Billy's bad. No, uh, Jason's bad knee is healed. And Kimberly is talking to Jason on the phone. And uh, he goes, I don't know what's happened. We must have slept all day yesterday. And then they're driving back to the mine to find uh, Zach. And then there's a, a like police and a pick and crew picking the van up. But he, he said himself, I slept for an entire day. So like there was just an entire yeah. day with this wrecked van in the middle of the road. Just, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> just bizarre. I love this film. I, I actually, I think with these films, I hate them when I watch them, but I love them when I get to just fucking rant about them. Uh, right. Yeah, because I think we've jumped ahead a bit. Yeah, but so like, Billy so, and Jason. You know, they're, they're all in the Breakfast Club. I did like uh, the uh, Breakfast Club bitch slap that uh, Jason laid <gasps> down on Ed Sheeran. Like, I've got to be honest. That was great. I did. Uh, I'm sure I made a note about that. that. Yeah, I just made a note just saying, good bitch slap. So basically, the Ed Sheeran uh, playing Bulk and Scully uh, goes up to square up to Jason's character and he throws two punches, which Jason just kind of like Bruce Lee's dodges them with ease. And instead of like welling him, he literally just lays the most perfect bitch slap oh, on him. It was him. fantastic. I've got to be. It was honest. very good. That was I, a I, pimp I, slap. I thoroughly enjoyed that. So you know, we're introduced to a couple of the characters in Breakfast Club. Know, <laughs> Breakfast Club. You know, they're in there. Not, not, not prison. They're in detention. <laughs> <laughs> not, not prison. Like school you know, prison. They're in detention on Saturday, and then. Might as well you be know, prison. It just it just goes a little bit strange that, you know, they all, after school, on a Saturday, they all go to this quarry. Nobody well, seems to be concerned that Billy, love, apparently, loves to go to a quarry, blow shit up with homemade explosives. But what I, like, I can understand the, they kind of explain the 
Billy Jason dynamic okay because obviously after the crash Jason has a uh, ankle bracelet for house arrest like he's got to be he's got a curfew he's got to be home at a certain time so Jason is like oh no Billy I know I'm gonna confuse these names the entire <laughs> time um Billy is uh, he's the tech guy of the Power Rangers he's the Donatello of the Power Rangers and he's like oh I can take your ankle bracelet off but you've got to come help me go to a mine that I used to go to that uh, my dad worked in at one time when my dad was alive because he died seven years ago. And we used to just go looking for stuff in this mine that it's still actually, it's not a mine, it's a quarry, which is still an actively used quarry. When we drive through it later, you will see that there are still people at work in this quarry. Yeah, it was very, it, it just, it was a lot of information that was sort of packed in that it's, oh, all of a sudden, my dad's dead, and we used to like to blow shit up. Let's drive this is all that's forty. And you know, he says at one point, "Oh, it's on fire. It's forty-four minutes away." It's like, how big is this fucking town, and how big is this quarry? So they end up going to this quarry. I'd like to point and- out, Tom, uh, just because I've got my time, uh, my t- my Tommy Tommy timestamps. Uh, we are still within the first twenty minutes of this film uh, when they've they've done space breakfast club. Uh, race to get the ankle bracelet off, and now they are in a quarry avenging Billy's dad. I don't know why yeah, are they there. But uh, what really annoyed me is you've you know you've got this reason why uh, Jason and Billy are going there. You know Billy's asked Jason to go there, but then it's just they couldn't be bothered in the script to write a reason why everybody else is going to be there. So all the yeah, sudden, everyone else was just th- there. There's these three other characters, the other Power Rangers, that are just happen to be there. So, you know, you cut to a shot of one of them doing heavy metal yoga. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? It was like, it was literally just like death metal Tai Chi. <laughs> it was, yeah. So you've got one of them just happens to be there doing heavy metal yoga. One of the other ones happens to be there spying on one of the other ones in a very pity yep. manner, you know, with a telescope for some fucking reason. <laughs> and the other one, oh, I happen to live the other side of the mountain, so I was hiking through here. So they all appear together and find not morphing coins. They're not even the right ones, because they don't look like belt buckles with dinosaurs on them, which is what I wanted. They don't look like someone's just put a cool dinosaur sticker on the back of their Game Boy Advance. No, they are... Glowing mystical rocks, essentially. Like I, I was like, there was a, a. They made a point of it. In fact, a lot of the film was them literally just cock teasing you to get to the point where they go, "It's morphing time." And when you get that, it's basically at best mumbled by Jason. You know that that whole scene was just, stru- you know, as I said, it was very poor. You know. Oh shit, we need a reason for all of them to be here. Uh, fuck it, they're all just there. <laughs> yeah, pretty okay. much. You know, just my, my point being that apparently, you know, Billy can blow, can make homemade explosives. This is the real world. He would be on like five terrorist watch lists. Yeah, because not only does much. he make an IUD, he makes a faulty IUD and uses it, you know, where, as I said, this fucking quarry they're in is actively being used it is a work site and people are working there someone's going to hear an iud going off like 200 meters away from them 
Especially in a quarry, which would have such a big echo as well. This is what I didn't like about this bit, is when, you know, they, they find these stones, and when Zack is just... I you, hate it. This. this is when you start to meet these characters and learn about them individually. But you... But then again, by no, learning no, about them individually, all you learn about Zack is, I'm Zack, my mum's I'm sick, and I'm crazy! Yeah, the amount of times that he said, I'm crazy. Honestly, just, I, they know, really ham that. Like, because there's one point uh, to skip ahead again, because obviously th- where we've got to now is where they get hit by the train. Uh, and they hit by the train and they wake up and they're Power Rangers, except they don't have their suits. They just have, like, powers to range with, essentially. It's, a, it's around this point that I just, I was thinking that I don't know who this movie if if you just look at it as a movie by itself, I don't know who this is aimed at. On, <laughs> um, I'm going to say point, um, no, but if you think like it's it's got so many different tones to this movie. On the one hand, it's trying to be, you know, in the mold of superhero movies of the last ten years. And the other hand, it's trying to be a kids' movie. About people that ride in giant dinosaurs and need to sell toys. And then on the other hand, you've got the people our age that grew up with the shit. And they've got the nostalgia thing. So it's got so many of these By the strange... nostalgia do you think? Do you mean a Saturday where, where neither of them are with their girlfriends and they've decided to spend it doing a very bitter podcast about yes, this exactly. movie? And if so, we're watching. So their marketing is so working they won. perfectly. They won. But you know what I mean? It's it's just got so many different tones to this movie. Mm. Like it tries to be really serious at times. Then it tries to be funny and relatable and teenage. I, it's just, I don't know who this movie is made for. And when you were saying about funny, relatable teenage, actually, um, chronologically where we are in the film, that's the scene. You know when no they all get their super, uh, their super periods? When they all get their superpowers and there's like the montage of like, Billy's being, uh, Jason is being sick, and grips his sink and smashes it. Um, Billy is in school, and Ed Sheeran tries to give him grief, and he's like, I'm gonna snap your wrist. So, like, Ed Sheeran grabs Billy's arm, and is like, he bends it like this, and, uh, like, I'm bending my wrist comfortably. <laughs> Like yeah, I'm in, say, I'm audio in the audio podcast. Can't really. Uh... Tom looks worried that uh, after watching Power Rangers, that I'm about to break my own wrist. But it's okay. I'm in no pain, no discomfort. Tom, you don't need to worry. So Ed Sheeran goes, "Oh, this isn't working," and goes to headbutt Billy. And I genuinely love this bit because he headbutted him really hard. But Billy is now a Power Ranger, which is like headbutting a wall essentially. And he just knocks him out, and he goes from being uh, like this very shy. Uh, kept to himself person to like everyone in this corridor going oh my god billy just knocked out ed sheeran and everyone's like high five like oh hey billy yeah it was like all the girls like oh hey billy you look cute it's because violence is attractive like crass but it was just just like one of the notes i made like oh violence makes everybody horny baby violence does make everybody sorry i was sounding like uh, the dream dusty roads then oh baby (laughs) American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. But yeah, as soon as he punches somebody, everybody's just, oh yeah, boy. That's why everyone else in school gets along well, because they've all punched someone at some point, but he was the only kid in school. Yeah, violence make children horny, apparently. 
Not children. The name of this episode is now Violence Makes Children Horny. I think we're going to have a few different episode names. (laughs) (laughs) The length of this, we're probably going to have a few different episodes out of this. So, my next craze, my next craze, my next um, note is that Zach is crazy. Because they re... I've made that. The amount of times that that character... Because, you know, it's like you could tell the screenwriters couldn't come up with a way to actually make a character, you know, develop or, you know, have any traits himself other than he just keeps repeatedly saying, I'm crazy. He genuinely says over and over again. What I've got written down here, and it's at the point where they all meet back in the quarry going... Oh, maybe if I go there, everyone else who now has superpowers will be there. We can be Power Rangers together. They all turn up. And because Zach calls, um, is it, is it Trini, Trina, Dee Dee? They call her Trini. Trini, they call her Dee Dee at some point as well. Uh, Exactly. This is, this is how exactly effective the characters are that we can't like. We you can't remember watch this film with an analytical eye. Made yeah, no sense I've watched film, this and movie I don't in the know last four hours, and I cannot tell you any <laughs> of the really the character names other than you know ones that have stuck with me since childhood, like Zordon. Yeah, but like the uh, well, no, because Trini was one of the Power Rangers. So I know. But suck on your own words. I, I think... remember Jason and Kimberly. Exactly the the hot ones. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Jason was pretty fine. Uh, Zach. Uh, Kev, I hate saying my own name. This is the problem. I'm referring to the character Zach. I'm not involved in this film at all. Uh, so Zach always refers to her as the crazy one. Hey, who's the crazy one? And she does something, and he goes, "You're crazy, but so am I." And then like runs after her, and it's like, "We get it. You're fucking. You're the wild card. Well done." What I'm interested in is apparently the first draft of this movie was written by Max Landis. Mm. Uh, so, for anybody listening, Max Landis is the son of legendary filmmaker Alfonso, John Landis. Uh, oh, Alfonso Landis. You need to go to hell. John Landis. No, have you, have, have you never seen the films of Alfonso Landis? Dead Women on Mars. Dead Women on Mars 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Wife Hunt Hunt was a very, very good (laughs) film of his. Um, You're having fun making these names up, aren't you? uh, He did the Gritty Peanuts adaptation, (laughs) uh, which it was set in (laughs) like... Charlie Brown goes on a fucking killing spree. No, it was set in like a Boys to the Hood kind of (laughs) atmosphere, and it was P, the letter P hyphen nuts with a Z. Yeah. That that was was good. Anyway... uh, you were saying. Uh, yeah, so like the original... Have you ever seen... Sorry to interrupt. Have you ever seen uh, Dead Women on Mars? Stop rubbing your throat while you talk to me. That's very Is it strange. off-putting if I yeah, look at you and really rub my throat? Weird. Sorry. You were saying. I don't believe you that this exists, so you need to go... To oh, me. no, I'm totally making up. Yeah, I know you are. But what were we saying? Know you. We were talking about Zach being crazy. Yeah, no, just like the original uh, draft of this movie was written by Max Landis, the son of legendary filmmaker John Landis, you know, American Wealth in London. 
easily American Werewolf in London 2 Electric Boogaloo no that was an American Werewolf in Paris and oh. I've never seen it <laughs> oh you've not seen no, it I've ne- oh, no my God. American Werewolf in London is easily in my top five favourite movies of all time and I've always heard nothing but terrible things about Paris and I've just got no interest oh, in dude, it oh it dude it is of the you era know, of the 90s slasher yeah. it's you like know, American Werewolf in London is just perfect you know it, it, it's a fucking masterpiece and why you know i don't need any more tom just... tom 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 if we can find it can the next one be american werewolf in paris please 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 all me. right it's my yeah, birthday okay. tom it's my all birthday right, then. okay anyway you were saying max landis yeah so uh you know he you know son of john landis he wrote chronicle uh, he's written a couple of uh, other films that he wrote really good. Uh, he started writing a couple of good comics for DC recently, but apparently they rewrote his script about five times. Oh, really? So I'd be interested to see where it went from what he had as an idea to what it came up with now. Uh, I, I'm going to imagine... Uh, the amount of times the words crispy or cream uh, were in the original Max Landis script were... I think that is just blank. You know, it was in the script, it, it didn't have crispy cream, just had blank Will Fuller Well, shit no, but he's a good head. writer. That was probably, like, there was a storyline where that was a location which may be tied into one of the characters. I don't know, maybe it fleshed Zack out more than being crazy. Yeah. I love, going back to Zack's character, there's one point when, and this, this is skipping way ahead, where they're having an emotional moment and they're all opening up to each other, and he goes, my mum's terminally ill, so sometimes I just go sleep elsewhere. And it's like, you're yeah. her primary caregiver! Yeah, that blew my mind. It's like, you know, I, I sleep elsewhere because I'm afraid that she won't be there when I wake up. Yeah, just because the- you're not fucking there, mate! <laughs> Because you probably needed some help, you dick. Have you ever seen The Good Place? Uh, I've seen the first season of it. I, and I originally thought uh, that Zach was Jason from The Good Place. I can't remember who Jason was. Uh, the guy who's supposed to be the uh, monk who's silent. Right, it turns okay. out that he's like a DJ from Florida. <laughs> okay, maybe I didn't watch all the first season then because I didn't. Oh, well. Well, I thought well, it was him, and he's well. The actor in the Good Place is incredible, but uh, it turns out it wasn't him, and it was just it was it was just the worst character imaginable. I think it was around this point that the soundtrack started to piss me off because <laughs> <laughs> there just seemed to be a mix of at one point it would be really dramatic orchestral music, then it would be weird fucking pop rock music from the last couple of years. Yeah, it'd be like chart. Like, because that isn't something I've really seen in films since the 90s when every film, uh, by law, had to have Smash Mouth in it. (laughs) But you don't really see it much in films nowadays where you have, like, songs of the day being, like, the main score because, like, that was rife in the 90s. Every song had... Yeah, Kiss by a Rose from Seal. Goddamn masterpiece. Exactly, and uh, fucking uh, Wild Wild West by Wiggy Wah. The song is way better than the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Jim West, but, like, Desperado, Rough Rado. No, you don't want nada. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? I got no goddamn idea. Mm. Uh, yeah, how much the soundtrack annoyed me? Uh, because then it would also be, then the soundtrack would change suddenly. Something like it just kept reminding me of the Tron soundtrack, original or new. The, the Tron Legacy, yeah, and just like synth, like that was not. <laughs> do I don't know a what that flawless was. Flawless impression. That was synth. Daft Punk, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, guys. We actually have Daft Punk as our special musical guest in the most best podcast studio today. <laughs> that was uh that was that, just that was, that was just that for was you. daft punk well yeah. then daft punk anyway <laughs> so uh we are 37 minutes into the film and at this point um basically they all are finding out they have powers and they jump over a big gorge and Billy doesn't make it and falls in, but it turns out he's fine. So they all jump in this giant gorge because they're now indestructible supermen. And they're glowing the color that they're going to be Power Ranger. And they make a big point of it like, I'm red, I'm blue. First of all, Zach's color is black. How can you glow black? That is impossible. Yeah, no, they, this was really like very out of place <laughs> this like, weird you know asian guy screaming i'm black looking looking in his eyes at the only no, other black guy they, in this they, no but they do address that though because billy goes what and he goes, no. yeah, but i i mean eye. as a color black is the absence of color so surely you can't glow that no, it, it wouldn't be like a glow you shit if yourself black. in the pool but then they swim down uh, into Zordon's pit of dreams. But when they're swimming, as soon as they swim... Everybody hasn't seen this film, like, I have no idea what I have about. no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, as they swim down, though, they're not glowing anymore. It's only when they're, like, bobbing, like, they're doggy paddling in the water, and they're, like, yeah, glowing. Was... And as soon as they go into water, no one has their glowy colour anymore. Yeah, it, it was a bit weird, and then they go into the spaceship... There is a spaceship in this movie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if we haven't I feel already sorry mentioned. for anybody that's trying to follow along with the plot of this movie with the way that we're describing it. God, Tom, we're over an hour in. Um, so they cast, uh, they get to the spaceship, they meet Alpha 5, and they cast uh, Bill Hader as Alpha 5, which I was very excited about, and ended up hating. Yeah? Yeah, honestly, I love Bill Hader. I, he's one of my favorite. I got like, a lot of time for Bill Hader. But. Alpha 5 doesn't need to be a sarcastic dickhead. He's supposed to be the, aye, aye. Yeah, the ever-loving, super helpful guy. And when they meet Alpha 5 in this film, he has Dr. Octopus arms. <laughs> and he is, like, battering them. It, it, oh, uh, oh, no, it's not good. My childhood hurts. Oh, put in. Yeah, and then we meet Zordon, who looks like one of those, I don't know what you call them. But you know those things where it's made of pins and, like, you put your hand Uh, it. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. From, like, a, a men kind kind of shop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've got written down that it is 44 minutes into the film before you meet Zordon. Uh, and I had a similar point you- that we are now 50 minutes into a two-hour movie called Power Rangers. Um, we still haven't seen a Power Ranger. A Power Ranger. Um... I loved, they had to explain 
why the wall was Zord on. <laughs> and Alpha 5 has the line uh, explaining that Zordon's essence, uh, sorry, Zordon's essence was sealed into the ship's matrix. Yes, that makes sense. Explains it yeah. perfectly. Just, just go along with it. Might as well. Um, so basically, Zordon, who was Brian Cranston's blue dying alien boy at the top of the film, is now uh, the angry wall of the spaceship. Yeah, it's just like trying to. If you haven't seen the movie, you know he just looks like a head coming out of a wall. I, that may not make any sense, but it's the only way I can describe it. Um, and I, also, this scene was just uh, the second large exposition dump of the film. A Justice League-level exposition dump, where they meet Zordon, and he goes, alright, the film so far up until this point has been about emotionally troubled teenagers. Uh, what we need to know for the rest of the film is Power Rangers exist, and what it is is uh, your Power Rangers, you protect the planet because in every planet there's part of what we call a Zeo crystal, and all the Zeo crystals know. link up together to create life itself. Uh, and what it yeah, is makes sense. There's a, a Power Ranger I knew when I was a Power Ranger uh, called Rita Repulsa, and she's a bad Power Ranger. Uh, and what she wants to do is make a monster <laughs> called Goldar, uh, which is made out of gold, and he will rise up. Uh, and he will get the uh, Zeo Crystal, which conveniently is in a Krispy Kreme in the town where you live. Uh, and when she gets that, she will destroy Angel Grove and the world, which they always make a point of. They're not cared about the world. They cared about Angel Grove Can I just and say the that world. was a very long description of the no, rest but that of is genuinely movie. all the exposition you get in yeah. that, like, three minutes of the <laughs> film. It's It's mind-blowing. <laughs> Uh, I'm quite proud of that uh, that rant, though. <laughs> yeah, but again, like it just proves like I don't, you know, it goes into this weird training montage where you know they they're trying to teach you, like you need to morph into a Power Ranger, and it just sounds like they're talking about you can't get your, pe- you know, it, it sounds like they're talking about erectile dysfunction. It's- you can't morph. You're a waste of space. You son of a bitch. So Tom, they can't are, are get... you, Tom, are you worried about your penis? No. Okay, we cleared that up. I'm glad we cleared <laughs> that up. Um, so what I was going to say, uh, leading to the point you're making, at this point, the film becomes about, unless you guys aren't just the bestest of best friends, you can't have your Power Ranger suits. Long gone are the days of... I have a cool dinosaur sticker on the back of my uh, Game Boy Advance. And when I show it, I get a sweet morph suit and a bike helmet with corresponding colors. No, now they have to, like... You have the power of friendship and teamwork. Yeah, teamwork and friendship. It's at this point we were interrupted by a video call from my girlfriend Gemma to show us an adorable dog that she'd found. So we're going to take this opportunity to have break number two in the most best drunk movie review of the fucking Power Rangers. Dude, oh, the fucking Power Rangers. Right. Bear break. And welcome back to the most best podcast. Uh, at this point, particularly drunk movie review of 2017's Power Rangers. Now, we are 
at best halfway through this film if you have stuck through this episode so far fair play to you i don't know why anybody would have by now i'm enjoying myself and it's not gonna get any better from here oh god if it's been incoherent so far then just wait just you fucking wait so we are at the point now we are as i say halfway through the movie we're about it's a two-hour-long movie. We're about 50 minutes in. Yeah, the, and this, this is, is one of the points that I had, was that it's a two-hour movie. We're about an hour into it yet. Yeah, it's a two-hour movie called Power Rangers. Haven't seen a Power Ranger yet. Not in only that. fucking hour in this movie. And I've made... Mul- We've had more references to Krispy Kreme than we have with <laughs> actual Power Rangers by this point. I made a note of this as I was watching it. Well, what I wanted to uh, say is that it's at this point, halfway through the fucking Power Rangers movie, that we are starting to get introduced to the main bad guy. Because they tease her, they tease Rita Repulsa for a while before really she becomes integral to the story, which is only really the third act. She's a third act villain. I think that's what this film has going against it, is that it's supposed to be... You know, you're supposed to care about these characters coming together. As we a team were supposed to, to care the about these. Characters. Yeah, apparently, shock horror. Fuck. But you know, as you said, it's an hour into the movie, and we don't have an adversary. It's why do you give a shit? Exactly. What, like, what, what do you give a shit about what's going on at the moment? You've heard she's going to destroy the world, but there's no personal you know there's no actual personal character stakes to this movie yeah you know well it, it's actually no because angel grove and the world will be destroyed i just want to point out it annoyed me how big is this fucking town because at some points they tiny call it, but huge some points they call it a tiny little backwater town that just seems to be just seems to consist of a dock yeah of boats and then other times it's, oh, it takes Where? 45 minutes just to get across the fucking mountains right next to it. And it's a giant town where they've got multiple schools. All I'm going to say, Tom, is where the dead boats live. Where the dead boats live. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Um, so uh, one thing, I, just before we do continue, uh, while we are still in the spaceship, the, like this line uh, kind of clicked to me what I didn't like about this film, which is the dialogue writing in this film is shit. It is. Oh, God. Garbage. Like, I I couldn't make a film. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I might be uh, out of my depth saying that this is shit, but this is a okay, which absolute line is raging. Just the, all of the dialogue, but it was this line. Um, so Jason, who I haven't mentioned... Um, up until this point, but he was the dick brother in Series 2 of Stranger Things with the mullet. You know, you've seen Series 2 of Stranger Things. Yeah. You know uh, the girl, like the new girl who gets introduced to the group? Was he? He was the, yeah, you know the dick I know blonde exactly. the, the psychotic. The, like, yeah, when, totally. When genuinely, like, he tried to kill. Yeah, he was, a, he, was, he was a dick ball. Yeah, uh, but him and yeah. um, Brian Cranston as Zordon are talking, and Zordon says, "My Ranger team died defending the crystal from Rita, and that's why I'm in this wall." <laughs> Genuinely, that's what he says. That is why I am in this wall. Well, we've all had days like that where we've woke up and we're stuck in a wall. You know, 
you got to try your best to get out of the wall. You know, everyone has a role. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, we are in uh, section three of this uh, drunken movie review, uh, which reflects a segment I would like to do with you, Tom. Ooh. You look a bit too drunk for segments, but we'll do it. You have watched this film today. I have watched this film today. We have made notes on it. I don't know. You may have this in your notes, but I'm going to ask you, Tommy Reese. Stop calling me Tommy. Tommy Reese, <laughs> what are the three rules for being a Power Ranger? Ah, oh, shit. Um, don't give away your identity. Okay, that's rule number three is never yeah. give away. Don't give. It was like, uh, don't reveal your identity. Yeah, I did ever. Make a point on this. Yeah, uh, don't do it for personal gain. That is rule number one. You must not use your powers for personal gain. Can you go three for three? Ooh, go on. You've got so, that. I was surprised um, you've done so well. Yeah, no, just because I didn't understand why they had these rules. Just seemed to come out of nowhere. And they broke um, most of them, apart from the uh, personal game. Oh, shit. Um, don't escalate a fight. Unless? Unless your enemy uh, slaps you in the tits. Forces you to. I am yeah. actually fucking gobsmacked that you remember. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom did not look at his book once during that. <laughs> Maybe you are ready to be a Power Ranger, Tom. I, I'm morphing hard right now. You are. Well, that brings me to the morphing grid. Which is why ham that in. Why can't like you can morph into a Power Ranger? Not You don't need an explanation of this morphing grid, which unless you are just the best of fucking friends you cannot access. Yeah, they had to spend most of the movie trying to turn into Power Rangers. Even though uh, they, they had were, to morph, even though but they it had just been told seemed, that they were Power Rangers. Yeah, it just seemed like some weird subtext of erectile dysfunction. I don't like, know where I you're getting get that from. Up. You keep laboring on this erectile dysfunction point. I need you to explain it to me. I don't have <laughs> ah, yeah. problems. Tom's dick is harder than you'll ever know. <laughs> uh, and talking about harder than you'll ever know, the training that these would-be Power Rangers went through uh, was... Looked, One of the most boring things I've ever seen. Honestly, it's, as a montage, the only thing I got from that montage is that the putties looked like they were designed by David Cronenberg. <laughs> it's an hour and 15 minutes into this film, and the main characters have no idea, really, they, they have no stakes in anything that's going on. They don't have any investment in who the villain is supposed to be, and now they're fighting a big pile of giant rocks. CGI rocks. CGI like, rocks. Virtual reality, and he's like, oh, it's just like a video game. And he gets hit, and he's like, it's not a video game. Like, for Lazy the amount of, writing. For the amount of cheap uh, service to the original things in this film, they could have at least had the putties make their original noise. But also, the putties... <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. It sounded you... like somebody screaming into a bottle. Like, Tom, my neighbors are going to phone the police. Uh, what they I would should. talking about the putties uh, during this training montage, uh, there is a scene where it's either Kimberly or Dee Dee slides through. Oh, a bit. Then, ladies and gentlemen, slides through the legs of a putty, 
and kicks it in the nuts, and he crumbles. He goes, oh! But just before this, uh, Alpha 5 explains, or Zordon, I, I just stopped listening at this point, explains that the putties are made by Rita. So why would getting kicked in the nuts matter to him? Because it, he would not have reproductive organs uh, because they are not a sexual being. They don't need to fuck to make more of them because Rita will just make some other concrete. So he, he gets kicked in the nuts. But no, but like, it's not that she's vindictive. It's that he reacts to it. Is he like, I just want to be human. <laughs> I just, I want to be a real boy. Is this this emotion you humans call love? Groin pain. I know that just annoyed me. The only point I made of this is that their one weakness was being German suplexed. So don't get the Power Rangers. Get Brock Lesnar. This is a very, very good point. That's all I can think about. Maybe, you know, if he didn't murder his kids, he could get Chris Benoit in. (laughs) Oh! Crossface. Canadian Crippler. Uh... (laughs) Oh, Sorry, dude, we went down a very dark Chris Benoit-related oh, path. It, I, Chris Benoit was one of my favorite wrestlers, and it's just... It. Like, have you heard that... Uh, I th- I read this years ago, so I have no idea if it still works, but Lexi Alexander, who did Punisher Warzone, and I think she did Green Street, uh, but she is, or was doing a film about that weekend at the Benoit household, and oh, it was going to be called uplift- Crossface. An uplifting film for the whole family. I'm Chris Benoit. Let's let's get away from Chris Benoit. So at this point I'm in the film... I'm going to WrestleMania! Let's leave Chris... Be- let's not disrespect the memory of Chris Benoit. Even though, actually, I don't know, if... <laughs> This is going to be controversial. If you kill uh, your wife and memory, can two... Uh, lonely, lonely men disrespect your memory on a podcast about the Power Rangers. Yes. Okay, done. Yes. So, at this point, yes, we find can. out about Goldar. You killed your family. He so. did kill his family. So, Goldar. Uh, Rita's plan is to build Goldar, which in the original was just a man in like an Egyptian kind of it's dog kind of winged golden suit. winged. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in this is just a giant monster made of gold who will smash up Krispy Kreme until he gets the diamond which will essentially make Rita into Thanos. I just want to make a point of, by this point in the movie, there has been about seven different references to Krispy Kreme. Yeah, honestly, like, I know we keep bringing it up, but because... ridiculous. We have been influenced by this film that every fourth sentence or so to bring up Krispy Kreme... Oh yeah, apparently the the life force of all of life on Earth. Krispy Kreme, everyone loves a donut. I don't. You don't love a donut? I don't love a donut. Tom. I don't have a sweet tooth. Like, a Krispy Kreme does nothing for me. Maybe that's why you look so emaciated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about Greg's. Give me that yeah. savoury goodness. Give me that Greg's. <laughs> that should be the new catchphrase. Give me that Greg's. Uh, so at this point, as I say, you sausage and be melt. <laughs> you find out about Goldar. Shut up about Greg's. You find no. out about Goldar, uh, who Rita is just like she is basically something out of the Conjuring at this point, and she is murdering people for their gold teeth yeah, to build Goldar. She is from a completely different movie. She's like, like she's the, a scary, scary monster. Yeah, it 
again, this goes back to the point that I made is I don't know who this movie is really made for. Because at some points it's just a cheap superhero movie. And then at other points it goes into this weird horror mode where Rita Repulsa is a mummy sucking the life force out of policemen on a boat. It's very, very, very strange. And, and it's just like, she, you know, the character, it's like Elizabeth Banks saw this movie and was just like, oh no, I'm going to play this like a 90s cartoon. You could do whatever the fuck else you want to do. It's a complete, she is in a completely different movie. It's an hour and 20 minutes into this film before the Power Rangers as a whole meet Rita Repulsa. Meaning there's only 40 minutes left. There's less than half of that film left for their story to play And we out. still haven't actually seen Power Rangers at this point. Oh, God, they're not it's Power Rangers until six minutes, minutes before the end of the into film. Into a two-hour movie called Power Rangers, and we haven't actually seen a fucking Power Ranger at this point. You know, it's when, the, uh, when, when we've seen the Zords at this point, where he says they were based on the greatest, you know, the greatest animals of that time. So you've got dinosaurs and a giant beetle. Yep, there's a Looks giant like beetle. Looks like a dung beetle. I honestly I don't hope... understand how that can compare to a T-Rex. You know what I hope that is? Because uh, I'm pretty sure Saban... Is it Saban or Saban? I Saban. Don't really uh, give a shit. Because they did, like, VR troopers. Did they Big do... Big bad Beetleborgs. Beetleborgs. Maybe that was a Beetleborgs fucking Easter egg. It's the Saban Extended Universe. Oh my god. If There's we are going to get... be nine different spin-offs, and then they're all going to combine together to touch each other's sphincters and fight the bad guy. <laughs> Just the singular bad guy. That's, yeah. You've got doesn't, a... doesn't, he, doesn't actually need a character or any plot. Because he's called, the exp- he's just called exposition. I say, as we've learned from our uh, honestly, I think this is quite journalistic. What we're doing, we are uh, breaking down what it means to make uh, a Hollywood flop. And it turns out, if you use your big villain just for exposition, then you're fucked. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, if you forget that plot should be a thing, and just exposition. Exposition does not equal plot or character development. So, going back to a point we made earlier about a fretful moment where the Power Rangers first meet Rita, uh, she has them uh, basically tied up to the side of a boat. Oh, is this the scene where they all got fucking tooled up like a 1970s football thing? So they can't morph up. So, so they just got like lead pipes and chains. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the you know Blue Ranger wraps a fucking chain around his hand. The other ones get tooled up. It looks like they're gonna a football derby between Man United and Man City in nineteen seventy six. Oh. It was fantastic. I loved it. But it doesn't go well for them, and they get captured by Rita Repulsa, and she ties them all to the side of the boat. And I wrote this down because I know you'll appreciate this. This is another great example of the lazy dialogue in this film. Five little rangers tied up like fish. In what circumstance would you tie up a fish, Tom? Um. Exactly. That's not a saying. No. It's not a saying. You wouldn't. Why would you need? 
you catch a fish with a line, but you don't when you if it was a particularly big fish and you were very proud of it. And you so tie you, it up. And you're so into you tied it to the wall and went, Look how big this fish is. And that is a stretch if you couldn't. Exactly. Imagine. And you wouldn't tie it to a wall, you'd have it nicely mounted. So as I say, that is just that that wound me up. If anything, that annoyed <laughs> me. She was like, five little rangers tied up like fish. Again, she you is in as- a completely different movie to everything else in this film. She may as well have just said, like, five little rangers refrigerated like tractors. It just doesn't work. <laughs> uh, so she uh, kills Billy at this point. Billy, the, yeah, the only part in. I liked about this film. Uh, drowns him, and all the Power Rangers are like, oh, all our problems are sad, but now this is another sad problem uh, to lay on top of, you know, all of our problems. So they go visit Zordon, because that's what they do now. With a corpse in hand. And the, Yeah, they go to Zordon with a corpse in hand, and I mean, at this point, they are, they're the breakfast club. Their teacher must be like, why aren't these kids turning up to detention? Considering... It was such a big point at the beginning of the movie that Jason had an ankle bracelet. And oh my his parents, God. especially, I... were pissed off with him. Nobody gave a shit that this <laughs> guy was not home once on his court mandated. That's a very good point. As soon as Billy got his ankle to. Um... Yeah, he did it that one night. And it never comes up again. Oh yeah. my god, I didn't put that together. And considering that, you know, a big point of his, re- what you see of his relationship with his dad, is his dad is like, why aren't you taking responsibility? Why aren't you taking this seriously? You need to sort your shit out. But you don't seem to realize that your son, with a fucking ankle bracelet, is not there at all, at any time of day or night. Jason's dad's storyline is, I'm disappointed in you, son. I found a dead body in the sea. Nothing, 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 nothing. I got saved by the Red Ranger. Might be my son. I'm proud Was anyway. Was that his dad that found the, it? You know when, yeah, you know when on the boat. And, yeah. Yeah, that's his dad. Ah. So that's, but, again, that just says wonders about this movie that I did not cock up. Yeah, exactly. He, I just thought it was another bearded character. I don't know who that guy is. Um, he oh Looks no, he played. Uh, was it Roy on the American Office? Uh, yes, uh, Pam's yeah, boyfriend. Pam's a, yeah, because he always reminds me of Chris Pratt. Uh, so for a second, I was like, is that no? That's no, not he Chris reminds Pratt. me of uh, is it Tyler the Bean? He was in Reaper and uh, Tucker I, and Dale. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. He he reminds me of him. He's he is. Uh, oh right, so where are we? Uh, so Billy's it. Billy's dead. They're talking to Zordon. Oh, okay. So Billy's dead. They're talking to Zordon, and all of a sudden the morphing grid opens. And when the morphing grid opens, it turns out, and this has never been discussed up until this point, and we're like an hour and a half into this film, uh, that they mentioned that Zordon could come back if the Power Rangers morph. Zordon could get out of the wall. Yeah, he could get out of the wall if the Power Rangers morph. But an opportunity to morph comes up, but Billy's dead. And instead of coming back, Zordon uh, sends Billy back. And uh, Alpha 5 says, you didn't step through it. It was your only chance. And Zordon goes, only one can come back. They never mentioned that he only ever had one chance yeah. to come back and only one person could come back at a time. 
And he did like, they dropped that line like it was supposed to be like tying up that storyline so perfect. It made no sense. It's as if nobody wrote an actual plot for this movie. But they did because at this point, Billy comes back to life and at that exact same time, they finally suit up and become Power Rangers. But this three is what qu- I don't... Tom, three quarters of the way into this Power Rangers movie, an hour and a half of a two-hour movie... you generous in three quarters of this movie because I'm pretty sure I made a note of what time we actually... Tom, I have it written down in front of me. One hour thirty into a oh, two-hour yeah, movie. Yeah, no, that's what I get, got. One hour and thirty-one minutes you into get a two-hour movie. The heroic. We finally see that Avengers-esque. It's in the Avengers. You know that scene where they're all slow-mo walking towards camera. The heroic. No, it's like in shot. Avengers when it's like it goes round in the circle where they're all. No, I mean like the shot where they're all walking towards camera, and you finally see all of the heroes suited up and ready to do battle. Right. Yeah. And it was just, like, the most stereotypical. If, like, someone may as well have just done, like, a superhero landing at that point. But it just, it kind of felt unearned. Because they, there was no real reason why the only reason just give them a suit of armor but they, to begin like, with. On the, other than to manufacture this fake feeling of Breakfast Club, we need to stick together well, and that's the whole thing. Like, we've glossed over. Team. Like, we've glossed over the fact that uh, they do loads of like team bonding where they sit down and they talk about their problems. You're like, uh, Zach's like, you know, like the whole I'm crazy and my mum's dying, and Kimberly's like, I was a cheerleader, uh, but I texted someone a photo of another girl, and then her boyfriend told someone else about it. And now the whole school knows, and I punched him in the face, and now my life's ruined, and like, uh. Oh, God, what's her name? Trini? Like, Dee Dee, whatever her name is. The most forgettable character is, like, she moves. Every Like, her dad's got a job where they move, like, once a year. And yeah, that... that's supposed to make you an empath. You know, that's supposed to be some Honestly, I did, I did is... not, apart from I... Billy, because uh, I just liked him as a character. I did not connect to anybody in this no, goddamn film. Especially when, you know, they're supposed to be teenagers with attitude. And Jason, the main one, looks like he's 38. Conservatively 38. But then, you know, in one of the most bizarre moments of this movie that just felt so out of left field is when we're going into the final battle and for some reason it just out of nowhere kicks into the original Power Rangers theme tune. As I say, that blindsided me because it's been such a dark, ready film, but like... Uh, that's when they get their Zords. But before they get their Zords, uh, there is a two-minute fight scene where they fight some putties. Badly, there's no... Like, the original... I loved about the original Power Rangers. <laughs> it was genuinely good, like... I say good, but impressive martial arts choreography. Yeah, like, because the it was all... interesting. With the original Power Rangers movies, though, like... Not, not the movies, the TV shows. Everything that was them in costumes fighting was all taken from a Japanese show. I think it was called something like Super Sentai. Oh, really? Yeah. Every every season of Power Rangers or other shows like Big Bad Beetleborgs or Mask Rider. Oh, Mask Rider. Yeah. So everything that was them in costume was taken from a completely different show. So... 
then they just sort of filled in the blanks, the middle, where where it wasn't them in costumes fighting monsters. They filmed them as teenagers and then sort of oh, wow. stitched it all together, if that I makes sense. I never knew that. Yeah, it's basically every time you see in the original shows where you've got the Power Rangers in costumes fighting, you know, fighting monsters, fight, you know, the Zords, that was all from a completely different show. So they've taken that footage and then filmed stuff around it. You've literally just said the same point twice in a row, and that's the beauty of the most best drunk movie <laughs> review. Um, what I was going to say, trying to be thorough, very thorough. Uh, but they have these elaborate fight scenes in the first one. In this, they fight putties for two minutes, and they go, "Nah, fuck this. Let's get in our transformers." And talking about transformers, he throws a yellow. Is it a, like a Dodge Challenger? I made a point of that. Sorry, Bumblebee. Sorry, like, Bumblebee. I don't know. Are you trying to make? Yeah, are you but trying to make Ranger- a point like we're better than Transformers? But for a Power Rangers film, there was no very little hand-to-hand combat. As soon as it came to the crunch, they were like, nah, we're going to fuck off in our giant mechs. I yeah. wanted more like martial arts and combat. That yeah, would have been like, great. If you're trying to emulate, if you're trying to make a f- film called Power Rangers, you know, at least try and make it what it was like where it's people actually fighting. But, you know, when you've got these Zords and they just, you've got no idea what, it's one of the things I didn't like about this movie was the design. This is one of the things yeah. you didn't like about you know, this the movie. designs of it all yeah. is, you can't, I don't know what they were trying to achieve. You know, the the armor of the Power Rangers, you know, they look kind of like the original ones, just a bit more boring. But then you look at the Zords, and you can't really tell what they're supposed to be. And no. it just makes everything look very boring and average. Every now and then, when they were fighting, and the Red Ranger Zord would like take a hit, I would go, oh, it's a T-Rex. And it's only when the head would turn a specific way, they'd be like, oh, right, it's supposed to be a dinosaur. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say uh, about the mechs, which I've completely forgotten... This it, honestly, at this point, um, the film becomes Pacific Rim. It becomes a giant, and I, I know the Power Rangers was very much giant monster of the week. Giant, the, every episode of the Power Rangers would end with the Megazord fighting a giant monster. I get that, and I get that's why they did it. But at the same time, it just came off very much like we need a third act. All right, giant, because Goldar, I know he could grow in the. Uh, the original, but he was never this like giant behemoth of molten gold who could dig down through to the center of the earth. I think for me, more than anything, it was just it was a continuation of a trend I don't. I'm just bored of in a lot of movies of you. Know, you've got the villain that has a mindless army of drones, so it. Doesn't matter what's going on, and some giant thing just you can have a action. In the sky. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm bored of that as a final act of it's us against an army of things that we could just, just destroy. And nobody gives a shit about. You know, it's just it's boring. It's done. It's when you look at these kind of films, you know, superheroes, comic books, that kind of thing. You know, some of the most exciting, you know, some of the, the best fight, uh, you know, finales 
aren't these giant battles. You look at something like uh, Civil War. Yeah. Where the end of it is this really personal story where you've got, you know, Tony Stark realizes that Bucky killed his parents. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for a four-year-old, <laughs> uh, three-year-old movie. You know, uh, Bucky realizes that, uh, sorry, Tony realizes that Bucky killed his parents and Steve is there between his two friends trying to keep them apart. And it's this very personal story that ends, you know, it's a fight scene, but it feels a lot more personal and a lot more engaging. It's just this shit where it's just the same stuff you see every time where it's a mindless army of drones and yeah, you just get bored of it after a while. I completely agree with you. And that's why the third act of this film just fell apart. But it wasn't the third act. It was the fourth quarter of this film that it not even that, like less than half hour. It was all right. We need to wrap this up. So let's just do this giant thing where Goldar is made. Uh, he is hammering down through this unfortunate Krispy Kreme. You can't destroy a good Krispy Kreme establishment like that. And it was honestly very... People love baked goods. It, it was big of the Krispy Kreme Corporation to be like, yeah, you know what? Destroy one of our locations. You know, we're, we're, we're Krispy Kreme. We're donut people. As long as you have a shot of the villain sitting there eating a donut in its entirety and enjoying it. Actually, oh my god, I glossed over a note that I was excited about. To go back to when uh, Billy had died, or just before Billy died, when she was pressing him for the information. So, oh, she... The bit where she, it says, like, oh, the Krispy Kreme, this must be the most important place on Earth. Not yes. that, but uh, <laughs> he's tied up, and she goes, where is it? And he goes, it's at a dining establishment. And she goes, where? What does that mean? What's it called? Like, pick an avenue of questioning. Like, where is it? What is a dining establishment? And based on that, what is a di- what is this dining establishment called? Awful. Um, honestly, the, uh, if anything, I just really want a fucking donut after this movie. So... Uh, we're nearing the end of the, the movie. We're, this is going to be like a two-hour episode. So if you're with us at this point, I don't know. Again, God bless I you. I don't know why anybody would. Tommy Reese, uh, what, again, was rule three of being a Power Ranger? Don't give away your secret identity. So why... Is this when he goes and saves his dad? <laughs> not that. He had his face covered when he saved his dad. But when they got in their fucking Zords... They all had their faces out the entire time as Zords. Genuinely, like, as soon as they're in the Zord, everyone had visible faces. And I know it's a lot of action they're flying about, but that is still risky. They are the worst fucking... And not only that, Angel Grove, the smallest massive town in America, was flattened. That was like a Man of Steel-esque final fight It was scene. a lot of destruction. What do you? What do we think of death toll in this? Uh, oh, this... but they were all happy to stand around and start taking photos on the phone. As soon, the oh yeah, as soon as everything was wrapped up, and fuck it, let's just jump straight to the end. They've defeated Goldar and Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa makes one final jump to get the Megazord, and you know how honestly, Tom, this this rubbed Team me up Rocket the wrong way from Pokemon. 
that's how she exited this fucking movie. Basically, they have a... What they've tried to do as a uh, very intimidating, scary um, villain, just swat it away like a fly. She jumps towards the Megazord, and Megazord, you know, like, at the end of a game of... Sm- slaps her. You know, like in Smash Brothers, when you yeah. super knock someone out of the... And they <laughs> shoot away, and you yeah. can see them flying away in the background. No, it, it's like the end of an episode of Pokemon, where Team Rocket get... We're blasting off again! It, it was... It was... And you just see Rita Repulsa setting up a sequel, floating through space and freezing. This is why I've had enough of... What what are supposed to be original or you know for, you know a film? It needs to stand by itself. You can't have a f- all, all of these movies that release a film that aren't really films. They don't have beginning, middle, ends. They are just all set up for future movies and franchises. There's no real beginning to these movies. There's no real end to them. That shit needs to go away. Like, I hate it. Maybe uh, next time we should talk about a movie we like. No, I saw fuck Man- no. I don't know. I saw Mandy recently. I really enjoyed that as being my favorite film I've seen recently. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. But also... I still want to put you through the last Transformers movie that came out. Because that is a nightmare that everybody needs to sleep through okay agreed we will do on the next most best drunk movie review the latest transformers but what's this tom oh my (gasps) god it's a mid-credit scene so we are back in detention the power rangers they're all there they are they are eating their shawarma essentially (laughs) (laughs) tom got that reference at least um but you know they're all happy and the teacher sits down and he's doing roll call and he gets in, and he goes, Tommy Oliver. Tommy Oliver. About 15 times. About 15 times. And then, and then, and I know he's a Power Ranger, but an IUD goes off in the locker of Billy. And, oh my God, this is actually, no shit, this is why Billy was in detention in the first place. Yeah, because he's, he's a domestic terrorist. Yeah, because an IUD went he's off in his locker. bombs. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you have reached this point with us, you don't need to watch this film. You know everything about it. Uh, one of them's a domestic terrorist. One of them's that psychopath brother in uh, Stranger Things. And everyone else is everyone else. Okay, so final thoughts. Would you recommend this movie? Absolutely not in a, a thousand years. Honestly, this film has actually left me quite downtrodden. I can't even... I didn't think it was terrible, but I can't really recommend watching it. So I would like to think, you know, we've done two movies now. So we've got at least two movies to go on a ranking. So below, above or below Justice oh, League. Oh, I like this. For yeah. every film we do now, we're going to have the ranking. Um, so, below Justice League. I lo- Honestly, as tragic as it is, I love Justice League. That is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. I would agree with you. There was... If we're going to compare it to what we've done so far, I didn't, I didn't hate this movie, Power Rangers. I just thought it was very boring. It was a very average movie. It's very boring. Nothing, 
really all that exciting. But then when you compare it to the hot mess that was Justice League that is just so bad it's entertaining, it just doesn't compare. So I'm going to say this is, if we're starting a movie ranking, then this is definitely at the bottom below Justice League. So there far. we go. This is the, we at the closing uh, moments of this episode have found our purpose for doing this. We are now officially going to find the most best worst movie. That's okay, what we're going to yeah. do. Every time we'll we'll end the episode, we'll leave in rankings. So, so far... We're not looking to review good movies. Oh, God. I, I don't like good movies. Uh, so, uh, the rankings of our number one... Uh, and it's, like, in recommendability. So, number yeah, one is... Movies, like Again, like, with Justice League, I can't say I love that love that movie as a good movie. It's just such an interesting mess. It's the you most... You can't one. not enjoy it. Just for, I don't know what's happening, I don't know who agreed that this was a good idea, but fuck it, let's go along with it. These were Power Rangers, it's just meh. It's, yeah, Justice League is definitely the most watchable out of the two so far. Uh, so, Tommy Reese, apple of my eye, angel of my heart, sunshine of my love, uh, I will see you uh, when we are discussing Power Rangers, not Power Rangers, we just did that! Well, God damn we'll it. find something. Transformers. Yeah. If anybody's got any recommendations for, we want trash. Yes, recommend trash a sure with, trash. Not just trash for trash sake. I'd say trash with a point. I'm gonna say like Justice League, something that's just a mess that it's interesting to talk about. I think that's what Power Rangers was kind of missing was that it was just average. I was struggling to find points on. And I, let's just get out on this. Uh, I've had, surprisingly, listeners globally, um, apparently, according to my SoundCloud analytics. So, if you are in out there in the world and you've got this far into what is just a horrendously drunken ramble about the Power Rangers, and you would like to suggest the next film for us to watch, email mostbestpodcast at gmail.com. With your recommendations, use the subject, Tommy's dad. <laughs> and, I hate that. <laughs> and um, shit, next time we are talking a movie, I will let you know, Tom, if we have any emails. But we're probably not going to do, fuck, I need to go to bed or get a kebab. In a bit, peace. Kebab. <laughs>